While history might seem boring, I promise it's not. This episode might be boring, but as the first episode, I thought it would be fitting to tell you about the history of history. Welcome to Pills to Swallow. Welcome to the podcast Pills to Swallow. I'm Nick, and this is the podcast where I tell you all about history. Um, not exactly history, not what you learn in a textbook, but some stuff about history and crimes and conspiracies. Just a whole bunch of goodies, a whole bunch of la da. This first episode, I am going to talk to you about like history, like the origins of history, the differences between like historians and non-historians and like maybe some record keeping because I don't know about you, but I have been interested in like the oldest kind of like records of history because like history is weird. Like how did we keep track of it? And that made no sense to me. So of course I did (laughs) do a little Googling. If I do say so myself, I did it well. Um, so history. History is, um, I had to look it up. It is the change over time and it is the change of aspects of human society. So like aspects of human societies like politics, your social, your economic, your scientific, technological, religious, medical, military, cultural, and intellectual. Yes, I did write all those down. Yes, it did take forever. And then the change over time is, like, the history of intellectual discipline. So, like, how people make sense of the past. That is kind of, like, what history is. So, the... I'm not exactly a historian. I don't have, like, a doctorate. I didn't spend most of my time in school. So, I would be considered probably a non-historian. And a lot of, like, non-historians, when they look at history, they have... They go into looking at the history with, like, biases and opinions on things already instead of looking for the facts. And as, like, a non-historian, obviously, like, I'm influenced by, like, the media, like, movies, obviously the internet, Googles, um, like, books and magazines. And I, unfortunately, I will admit, I do don't really look into things I kind of just accept it as like fact if I read like one thing I'm like yep that makes sense that's it instead of like looking into it um and I don't look for like primary resources because that's not like something I would think to do but like historians historians look for primary sources so like they're looking for the original records they're not going into something and seeing something and just taking that as fact they look into it and they don't let their like biases and opinions influence how they perceive the history, the recorded history to be, which is super interesting to me because I don't know how you look past your opinions and beliefs, but you know what? Kudos, kudos. And non-historians, I've heard that they can like romanticize the past. Like I know for a fact, don't even say you don't, but I know for a fact that you have said the good old days. I think we all have. Saying that his romanticization of the past. Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it could be because some people can see that as, like, the past is better than the present. Which, like, I don't know about you, but I do know that some things about the past are not 
not better than the present. They are just, it's not it, Chief. Some non-historians, I have said this, that's why I'm looking into the facts now, but history repeats itself, um, or things were always like this. No. Um, history does not repeat itself. I learned. I did not know this. I thought it did repeat itself, but history does not repeat itself. Fun fact. Historians are actually like trained to recognize facts versus like interpretations, their influences versus what the actual facts are, which is honestly pretty cool. Again, I could not like look at things without a biased perspective until now because they've actually realized like, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. I want to know the facts and I don't want to like no opinions, you know, here's some zinger words that I did not know. And did I Google them to find out? Yes, I did. So periodization, that's a way of organizing history chronologically. That is something that like non-historians do as well as historians. So that's like a cool like connection. Um, and then historiog- historiography, if I could say that, is history, philosophy, and medi- methodology of history. Words are hard. Words are really hard. And I thought that was an interesting word too. Um, Both very important to history. Um, So I thought we would talk about some types of history because I did mention like political and social and all of that. So obviously there's going to be like more types of history than like what I'm going to say, but these are like your most well-known, I should say, uh, types of history. So we've got political which is your government, your political leaders, elections, policies, interaction between like branches of government. Like in the U.S., there's judicial, there's really should have paid attention in class. Really should have. Um, moving on, diplomatic. So the relationships between countries and ambassadors and the idea of like diplomacy like how you would go about keeping good relations social is the customs of people kind of like families and children um their education their demography and their social institutes like uh churches um there's cultural which is the language and the uses art literature sports and entertainment they all make up like the cultural identity um, there is economic, which is production and consumption and how that works, business, industry, banks, and working class and class systems, intellectual, which is ideology and epistemology. Um, yes, I did have to look those up. Ideology is the system of ideas slash ideals and the science of ideas and their original nature. Very interesting, I thought. And then epistemology, I had never heard of that. And it sounds funny, I will admit. Um, And I bet you think it sounds funny too. So go ahead, laugh. It's okay. I'm with you there. So that actually is the theory of knowledge in regards to methods, validity, and scope. So the investigation of what distinguishes justified belief from opinion, which is kind of something that historians do right right uh to continue what the intellectual type of history is it is ideology and epistemology zinger words it analyzes how ideas affect human lives and how material 
and how the material world affects the ideas, which was super interesting. So that's just a couple of different types of like the history that we experience on the day to day. Just some kind of stuff that like you and me both are aware of. So technically every single day is making history. Congrats. You're making history, babe. So I thought we could talk about like record keeping. So I did not like realize when I was Googling this that like all living things record history. Like that tripped me out. I was like, what the hell? So, well, not necessarily record history because humans are the only ones that actually have the ability to write down and track that history um, because we're the only species with the intellectual capacity to actually have a language to be able to write down and track history. That is a whole nother tangent. I'm so sorry. Um, so <laughs> many species actually like note the passing of time. Humans are the only ones that can like share this, but living things carry memories. Um, memories are kind of like kind of like records but for things that don't have the language to like record so animals like they keep track of the seasons right so like bears know when to hibernate and the squirrels know when to start like storing their food and then like wolves wolves like will mark their territory so i'm not gonna get into that one too much because i'm pretty sure you know what mark your territory means um, but yeah, they'll mark their territory to say, like, keep a record of like, hey, this is my area. Don't, don't like, don't come into it. Thank you. So that's like some of the things that like animals do because they carry memories. Plants have what's called like growth rings, which I thought was super interesting. You'll have to like Google a picture of like a plant growth ring because it's super cool. So what like happens is every year of growth is a new like ring around like a plant so like take a tree for example when you chop it down like the stump will have rings in it it'll be like a light ring and then a dark ring and then a light ring every one of those rings like a light and a dark is one ring every one of those rings is a year and from those like rings you can tell like the exact year that each ring what year the exact ring like happened like what that growth I was looking into it because I was like how does that that doesn't make sense there's no way you can find the exact no you can't the exact year you can't because the how do we say this like if you look into like drought records and the ring is thinner you'll be able to see like oh, it was this year. There was a huge drought. That's why this ring is thinner. That's so cool. And if it's thicker, like they had like great rings and stuff. That's so cool. That's so cool. I thought it was neat anyway. But yeah, they track the past with like these memories and memories like record the past. So as humans, we track the past, right? We have records um, from way back when, but we didn't like actually write it down. We did what is called communication. We communicated our memories. And it's not like, they're not too sure. Historians aren't too sure where, like, the first sharing of knowledge began. But, like, a long time ago, that's when it did. Like, cave drawings and stuff, that's, yeah, that's kind of like a record in a communication, which is 
pretty cool like most tell origin stories you know like the in the beginning kind that's like an origin story of like the first sharing of knowledge but like that's like recorded history so history based on memory versus history based on written records so history based on memory is stories passed by mouth so the oral tradition or ancient storytellers they would have like history of their their people and they were like the designated speaker of sharing that history with other people in their in their group in their place they were the storytellers they were the ones that carried on those memories and taught other people about those those memories that passed so like in greece there is a goddess of memory i have no idea how to say her name i'm pretty sure it's manessini i totally probably butchered that it's fine we're not going to talk about it but she like helped with writing down like these histories but memory was still like an admired skill at the time and then in the Muslim world, it was common to memorize the entire Quran. So, like, history based on memory? Super cool. Now, history based on written records. That's a lot of what we deal with today. Um, that's a lot of what we know, like, from history books and stuff. Um, and old text and all of that. That's where a lot of our, our history knowledge comes from. Because those written records are based on evidence not what people remember. History based on written records actually appears kind of late in history because they had storytellers for a really long time. But the first written records were little more than 5,000 years ago in Egypt in Sumner, uh, which was cuneiform. If you don't know what cuneiform is, cuneiform is a wedge-shaped characters. So they would cut like a little piece of like kind of like a stick for lack of a better term but it was like a stick and they would shape the end of it to be kind of wedge shaped and then they would stamp it in um to like clay um pretty much anything they could do um they would stamp it in in a certain way and it would make web shaped characters which ended up being like their basically their their alphabet there we go the abcs but wedge-shaped <laughs> they're web-shaped characters wedge-shaped characters i'm so sorry y'all are gonna have to deal with this i cannot talk for the life of me and then once we actually like figured out the cuneiform and the characters and all of that we were able to translate the sumerian epic of gilgamesh and then jewish scriptures the Christian Bible and the Quran, all of these things we were able to get written accounts of. So written accounts of past created the basis for further historical accounts. Basically, these written accounts had more say than the oral stories and the memories because they were based in evidence. So the importance of evidence basically is the more evidence you have the more credible the account of history is going to be so to answer the question 
which version of history is true, the oral one or the one with evidence that's written down never to be changed, you know? Like, who are you going to believe? So the growing concern for evidence was 2,000 years in writing in of the classical era. So literally, not really that long ago, but at the same time, 2,000 years is a long time ago. Oof. So the different claims about the past started to base historic accounts on evidence. So they figured out like what the real story was. And so they wrote that down based on like the evidence they had. So modern history nowadays, what we know is actually based on evidence. So document base is, it's a good thing, um, but it's also limited. So back then it was limited to like the lives of the rich and the powerful because um, not everyone could afford to learn and to learn to read and write and they could. So it was limited in the past, but also it has another limit. So because the writing was late in history, we don't have a whole lot of like history that's written down you know so that's another limitation of it okay so in the middle of the 20th century they started finding accurate ways to date events before written written records so that basically means before writing when oral communication was the thing they figured out how to like date those things like you know how earlier when I said that there's these things called memories oh my goodness and it's these scary memories well in the 20th century the 1950s to be specific an american chemist named willard libby uh, became known for starting carbon dating if you don't know what carbon dating is it is the breakdown of radioactive materials like carbon-14 to date objects like bones. So they figured out like what century these like people were from because they started carbon dating things. So that's so cool. And don't worry, don't worry. We have gotten better at studying the past because we have better access to more types of evidence and better records than before. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Pills to Swallow. Um, we will continue talking about history, not not the origins, of course. We'll do some more interesting stuff, but we will continue talking about some history, some conspiracies, just a little sprinkle of crime in there too. But thank you for tuning into the first episode. I enjoyed recording it and I hope you enjoy and maybe you learned a little something and if you get some free time look up some of those like growth rings honestly super cool super pretty to look at I promise thank you and welcome to the very new podcast pills to swallow